Do you think that you can learn too much? Today, we're going to talk about the value of learning along with the value of applying that learning in your life. Hi, this is Kirk Kinnear. I'm here to support leaders that know what it feels like to carry that heavy burden, who care about their staff and want to make an impact in the organizations they're leading. My commitment to you as a current leader is to give you company and to bring you to a place of leading lightly. I ended up hiring an MBA student for the summer one time, and this student was, he graduated with honors, he had his Bachelor of Ecom and an MBA, so I was like, I'm going to learn so much from this person. I was really excited to listen to him, and I showed him my budget model, which I'd worked on for years, and uh, and I'd showed him what, basically, the simplicity of this budget model was... What it did was fixed a key problem in my organization where people would accidentally delete their fixed costs every time they deleted one element of their annual programs. For example, your salary, if you make, you know, $10 a year and you run 10 events, you should pay for a dollar of your salary every, every, uh, every event you have or some portion of it every event. But if you delete an event, you still get your $10 a year. Um, and you, you don't want to miss out on that. So you don't want to delete three programs and end up only having budgeted for yourself $7. Does this make sense? It's pretty simple. In my mind, it was pretty simple. And what it did was uh, it, it was a totally different way of doing budgets. The first cell was all about fixed costs. So they'd put in everything that they would order, no matter how much programs that they would run, everything that they would have to spend on. Salary was one, benefits, obviously. Um, often like if you were to run a summer camp, you'd have to order a bunch of swag. So that's a fixed cost, whether you have 80 kids or, you know, 110 kids per program or, or participants in whatever this is, there would be these fixed costs. And then you'd have to kind of weigh, am I going to put it on the fixed or am I going to put it on each, each program? What I had seen when I started, because the operation had lost $300,000, it was going to get shut down, and then uh, I was able to step in there. But what I had seen was these people's budgets were way too complex. They were counting pennies. Yet, in the end, they were missing their budgets by enormous amounts of money. And in, and in the end, the biggest miss was their fixed costs. So I built this template with our our finance director, who is an awesome brain around finances, we started working through this. And basically, you'd fill out one tab with all your fixed costs, then you would fill out the second tab, and it would have all of your event based costs, all of the ones that could be canceled or could be bigger or smaller, could hire staff could not hire staff, whatever they may be couldn't require equipment nor not equipment, whatever they may be was on the second tab. It's a pretty slick budget. I might share it with you going down once I uh, get it cleaned up, but it is a very powerful tool. It's powerful for your personal finances. It's also powerful for uh, your organization. At one point, I had uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 75 internal codes totaling some uh, somewhere around $20 million in a budget. So I had to figure out a way to simply break this down because you can't have 75 of them not adding up pretty close. So anyways... 
I got into this. I was, I was explaining all this to him and I was like, Oh, he's going to help me explain a bunch of things that I could, I could, uh, do to improve. It's a pretty simple concept, you know, put your fixed costs here, put your, <coughs> your event, excuse me, your event based costs over here. And then all it would do is span out the fixed costs, depending on how much revenue each event cost did. And you could tweak it. You could increase or decrease, but no matter what you would do, it would always add all of the fixed costs over all of your flexible ones on the second tab. When I implemented this system, it changed our budget by at least $200,000 because I, I didn't actually miss any expenses anymore. And people would get in debates. Is it a fixed cost? Like I talked about water bottles. Is it fixed or is it, or swag? Is it fixed or is, does it go into my variable? We would get in debates. And I said, I don't really actually care as long as it makes it into your budget. And as long as you're not deleting your annual costs every time you delete a program, I'm good. Like, I don't really care how you use it because it was an unbreakable tool the way it was set up. But um, <clears throat> I, I tell this university student who has had now at least six years of education around business, I explained the system to him and he was really smart. And he looked at me blankly and he's like, I don't get it. I remember it, it made me like fall back in my seat. I was like, how do you not get this? This is like fundamentals of business. This is, this is like, this is so simple. Like even I get it. <laughs> and I always joke about that. Cause if I get it, you know, it's a pretty simple system. So I, I sat there and I, I tried to explain it to him again and he still didn't get it. Remember six years of post-secondary at the highest level, he could probably prepare a business to IPO he could do stock charts. He could do all these things, but he didn't understand a fundamental of business. I sat there shocked. I was stunned. If anything, I was quite disappointed in the system, but I, I wasn't disappointed in him. I actually thought he was incredibly smart, but I, it, it was one of those things that just kind of stuck in my head. It just, I was just like, how can you have six years of post-secondary and not understand how this simple budget model works. I could get why some of my staff didn't understand it. That wasn't their skill set. They didn't know numbers that well, but if they filled it out, it always worked out for them. So they didn't really, you know, care. And, and funny, I'll just go down this trail a little bit, but the ones who really didn't care and didn't overthink it, they were always the most accurate budgets as long as they put everything in. I didn't care where they put it. It would do the rest. So how can an MBA student graduating with honors not understand this? So I started to ask him about his work experience. And I still hadn't quite figured out what was going on here. And he said he'd worked at like a fast food restaurant and he'd worked as a bartender to get through school. He had done a bunch of different things. However, he had never done anything that applied all of the learning that he was making. Because he was learning new stuff every day but he had never once applied his learning. This goes back to an earlier podcast where I say, you know, uh, um, knowledge, even and experience without uh, action and reflection means nothing. And I'm not saying that knowledge and experience are worthless. I'm just saying, if you don't constantly apply your education into your life, you're not going to grow. It's just that simple. And this is something that as a, as a person hiring staff, you need to know how to do this on a very regular basis. You need to know how to ask people the right questions to get them to a place where 
they completely understand uh, that they need to have practical experience. Book experience actually means very little. And I actually think too much book experience gets diminished. It diminishes your knowledge because you, you go further and further away from applying it. Um, just like what I was saying as a leader, you got to get in the front lines. Even if you feel uncomfortable, you got to do it because it's that application um, when you show up and you learn these things. That's what's going to make the difference in your life, even if it makes you feel uncomfortable, especially if it makes you feel uncomfortable. So think about this in your life and think about, uh, is there something that you constantly are chasing, a type of education that you are constantly chasing that you're not applying? Because if you're not applying, you're going to get yourself stuck in this theory zone where you don't know how to use it. And if anything, you're afraid to use it. Uh, there's, there's research, there's a 75% rule. Um, it's in this book that I'm currently reading. Uh, I think it's the science of discipline. Um, I don't have my phone with me. I can't actually pull what the book is, but it's the science of discipline. And they talk about a 75% rule. They say that you, if you hit 75%, uh, and you think you're 75% ready to do something, just do it. And I think it's because you can't get that last 25%. You can't be 100% ready ever, but you can't get even close to that last 25% by continually learning. You have to just do it. And by doing it more and more and more, your learning will get more and more embedded through practical experience, through making mistakes, through, through that reflection. I also experienced this when I was doing the master's program at uh, Mount Royal, and I end up coming out with a graduate certificate um, for various reasons. But uh, I, I did the I did the whole course, both residencies. I was just on the final touches of my program. But what I saw through that whole experience was the leaders that had practical experience. They got ungrounded by this master's program. The ones who didn't have practical experience got empowered. They thought they could lead anything, anyone, anywhere, even though in my opinion, some of the stuff that was being taught was a couple decades old. So um, valuable, but it wasn't common. It wasn't current. Uh, I didn't find it uh, was applying as well to what I was learning, but I was also shaken down to the core. Is this really how I lead? However, on the flip side, some of the consultants, the people who went into consulting, some of the people who had never been in leadership, they came away empowered. They thought that they knew leadership. And again, they had never done it. They'd never made those mistakes. They'd never hired the wrong person one time or fired the wrong person one time or, or you know, made the wrong choice and had to, had to apologize to, you know, a couple hundred people. They'd never done those things before. So they came away empowered. So you can also get false confidence if you don't apply it. And I'm, I'm not saying that you should never believe in something, but you have to make sure that you continually apply so that it's the belief isn't just theory. It's rooted in you. You know it works because you've done it. Make sure you have an application plan for everything you learn. Look at what you're learning right now and ask yourself, do I have a plan to apply it to real life so that I can embed it into mine? which is why I believe an application plan is key for your success. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, remember to subscribe. If you know other leaders who could benefit from leading lightly, feel free to share. For more resources, visit our website at leadinglightly.com.